Welcome to the Great Communicators podcast presented by the MIT Office of Graduate Education, a professional development podcast expressly designed to bring lessons from the field to our graduate student researchers. My name is Adam Greenfield, and a while back, I was approached by the Office of Graduate Education to help explore a subject that, admittedly, wasn't all that familiar with. That topic, scientific research and professional development in communication. My job was to learn all I could about the subject, then deliver it to you through a medium that I am intimately familiar with, podcast production and interview style formatting. We decided the best approach to this subject was simply to talk to great communicators and field-related iconoclasts and find out from them what was most important when communicating science, or in some cases, just communicating, period. During some of those talks, I was concerned some that there might be terminology or jargon that I might not fully understand. But it became clear early on, through the talk with today's guest, that there are times and places for jargon, and knowing who your audience is can help determine that. In this episode, our guest's official title is Senior Lecturer at MIT. However, if you ask him, it's a bit more focused than that. I teach engineers how to communicate here. That's Tony Eng, and this job description kind of makes Tony the right guy to talk to regarding research communication and professional development. Good thing I had the opportunity to talk to him twice once in person, and once online. And it was the second time where he raised an important point about language, that you don't always need words to communicate. In terms of a presentation, I always think of it as a two-way presentation, even though it's a two-way conversation, even though I'm the one doing most of the talking. And the medium that I'm using, I'm using words, right? But the medium that the audience is using is nonverbal. And even though... I'm the only one talking, I'm looking for those nonverbal responses. So I think in some ways that could be a language where words are not being used, but thoughts, understanding, opinions are being conveyed to me. So it's as if there's this dance that takes place between a speaker and the audience. And the audience really is telling you something with these nonverbal clues. To me, it's important to be cognizant of that interaction. But now let's get to the verbal part, or the language part, of communication. And it's not just about the words, either. There's a rhythm to how you say something. And if done right, like a snake charmer, you'll have the full attention of your audience. Need examples? Just listen to some of our greatest speakers, from Martin Luther King Jr. to Randy Pausch to even President Obama. Their talks and speeches are great references to see how vocal modulation can be equally as important as the words you're using. And Tony had this to say when it comes to vocal modulation. So this comes back to the written word and the spoken word. With the written word, I can sort of, I have it in front of me and I can read it and I can reread it if I didn't understand something. And with the spoken word, you typically don't have a transcript of what the person is saying. And you are sitting there listening to these words that are being emitted, and you don't know what's important to listen to, and you don't know what you should pay attention to. So the burden is on the speaker to do things to help you parse the message.
Don't be scared off by this burden, though. Sometimes, it's just a matter of varying the speed in which you say things, and sometimes slowing down for maximum effect. If everything comes out in an equal pace, at the same volume, and everything is the same, nothing's going to stick out. But certainly if there's certain important points, you can emphasize that, or you speed up for things that are not so important, and you slow down, or you pause right before something important. So all of these things that have to do with vocal modulation, I think basically help a listening audience parse your message better. They're tools that a, a speaker can use. We also discussed situations when it comes to highly technical or specific topics how some audiences may not have the same background, and whether or not there's a certain level of attention that needs to be paid to how the subject is being discussed. A lot of my students live and breathe this stuff, and they don't realize that they have to step back and first connect with the audience and like, okay, where are you at? Do you even understand what I'm saying? And yeah, it's a nuisance because you can't go to the good stuff. But if you don't do that, then you're going to lose them from the very start. So they have to take the time to define things or to explain things. And when it comes to jargon, it can help explain a detailed subject, but only if your audience understands that jargon. If it's an audience member who's of like mind and like background, then it's much easier. I don't have to worry so much about jargon and the, the words that I use. If it's a different audience, it's not so much you want to avoid jargon, but and you do want to avoid jargon that they don't understand, but you want to use jargon that they do understand. So if you happen to be fluent in their vocabulary, then it's much easier for them to understand and parse your message if you're able to then use words that they're familiar with and terms that they're familiar with. As we heard, Tony points out there are many ways to communicate effectively, even if no words are said or used. Your physical movements and eye contact can be a very powerful, unspoken way to communicate. There's also the cautionary tale of using jargon, as your audience may not be familiar with those terms or that language. In this instance, be sure to be aware of your audience's background and adjust the way you communicate. And finally, another effective communication tool is vocal modulation. Here, you can alter the pitch of your voice to emphasize important points or speak slowly to give your audience an opportunity to allow the information to sink in. Thanks for listening to the Great Communicators podcast brought to you by the MIT Office of Graduate Education. My name is Adam Greenfield, and feel free to talk amongst yourselves. This podcast was written and produced by Adam Greenfield. The executive producer of this podcast is Patrick Yurek. The Great Communicators, the Great Communicators Podcast, Grad Comics Live, Grad Comics The Game, and the Technically Speaking Comic Book Series are part of a professional development initiative called GradX. GradX is made possible by the Office of Graduate Education at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. To find out more, find about, out more about GradX, as well as get access to other episodes of the Great Communicators Podcast, Go to gradx.mit.edu for more information. And for more information the- and links on the music used in this episode, please see the show notes.